Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I am Dory Shafrir. And we're not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Before we get into it, a friendly reminder that you can visit our website, Forever 35 Podcast, for links to everything we mention on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Forever 35 Pod, Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast, and you can join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password for entry is the word serums. Indeed it is. Um, you can also shop our favorite products at shopmyshelf.us slash forever35. You can sign up for the newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. Kate, sidebar yes. about this. Yes. I feel like we have never gotten more feedback about a product than the product you recommended in the newsletter. I know I, I'm fascinated by it. It's by other pe- other people who use it. Yeah. Well, uh, and what's interesting too is that you don't even use it. No, it's a product that my daughter uses. It's a uh, Davinus. Dav- I don't even know how to say that hair brand name out loud. It's their love shampoo and conditioner. And it's like changed my daughter's hair. It's been wild. Maybe wow. I should try it for myself. I don't know. I've never even tried it, but she's claimed it. I love it. Meanwhile, um, I'm using my Kirkland brand hair shampoo and conditioner. Um. I'm using our pod sponsor, Pros. Oh, I do like my Pros. I have a bunch in my uh, in my shower. I have I have a sponsors like Vegamore in there and Pros, and then I just have my Kirkland. Hey, you gotta you gotta keep the Kirkland around. I can't say no to Kirkland. <laughs> no. Um, if you would like to reach us and tell us about your shampoo, <laughs> we uh, are reachable by voicemail or text at 781-591-0390. And you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And I do just want to remind everyone about our giving circle. And we will link to it in the show notes. But we are, I think we're at over $12,000. That's amazing. Yeah. You all yeah, are so awesome. It's so it's so cool. So we have over $12,000. Our goal is to get to 20000 So hopefully you can help us get there and choose the state that we're going to focus on. And yeah, it's, it's great. So just raise to put a little plug some money. Put some, some money where our mouths are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Welly, well, well. So my uh, podcast conversation piece is that for the last 24 hours, I've been singing, I think I'm depressed in my head to the tune of You're Simply the Best, because I do think I'm depressed. <laughs> but I've just been saying, I think I'm depressed. Oh my God, that's genius. Then, then I can't think of anything else for this parody song. More depressed than all the rest. See, this is why I need you in my life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been really down this week. Um, I think I'm, I think I actually emotionally get very depressed right before my menstrual cycle starts. Mm. That's like a newer PMS mm -hmm. experience in the last couple of years. But boy, I have been just down this week, down in the dumps. And it turns out I'm not alone. No, I also have been feeling depressed. And I told Matt's, Matt's thing is that like only one of us can be depressed at a time. That's a good rule, but I mean, it's hard. <gasps> it's hard when it's out of your hands, essentially. Exactly. Um, and since he's, he gets depressed more than I do, mm. that when I get depressed, it's like, like oh gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's also like overlaid with money anxiety. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, this is like a not great combination. Like between just like everything in the news, everything that continues to come out about the Uvalde shooting, I just like is very hard for me to deal with and hard for me not to fixate on. So there's that. And then just like, I don't know. It's like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, like the trauma of the news cycle. Yeah. Mixed with whatever you're dealing with in your own personal life. Yeah. It has felt hard to find glimpses of anything positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, I mean it's it's like but then but then I get into that cycle of like but ultimately like I have a good life. You know what yes. I mean? And like I have a son that I'm crazy about and you know just like all those things but then I am like but I I don't feel great. Yeah, I I know. I I have that same response too where it's like I'm come to this depression from a place of extreme privilege and where nothing is quote like truly wrong with my life right now mm -hmm. which almost makes it more challenging yeah to kind of even realize what's going on like i'm just like i can't motivate to do anything like what is wrong with me for days i was like what is happening mm -hmm. i'm sleeping all the time and then i was like oh Kate, oh, i can't sleep Oh, fascinating. I mm -hmm. can't get up. Hmm. Together, we... Wow. We, we are nailing together, it. Together, we are... We are nailing life. So when you get depressed, if you're in a depressive cycle, do you adjust your meds? Do you talk to somebody? Do you, like, do you try to do one thing that kind of you feel like helps? How do you... How do you... How are you... Or do you do nothing? Because that's also a fair route to take. Well, I think 
my instinct sometimes is like, I need to like blow up my life. Like I need to change everything in my life, Mm. which is not a great instinct. And I'm trying to sort of like balance that. Um, and, but then I think that's like my way of trying to like assert control over the situation. Oh, fascinating. Okay. And I think that's just like, that's part of what's going on now too. So I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. Well, it's interesting. I feel like one of the reasons we started this podcast was that things in the world at the time back then also felt so chaotic and out of our control that mm-hmm. it sometimes felt like the only thing we could control was like, what do I wash my face with? Yeah. Totally. I mean, doesn't make anything better, but I I do feel like that was the spirit behind. Yes. This I don't, what do you like? What do you do? Well, I have to tell you, I did, and I don't want to spoil our guest's um, self care practice that she shares with us at the top of our interview. But I did her self care practice today. Oh, um, just to try it out. Okay. Should okay. I reveal what I did? Yes. So I had, I had to take a shower like before we recorded our podcast and I was in there and I was like thinking about how this was what we were going to talk about. And then I was like, oh, well, we interviewed Kim Kranz and she takes a cold shower and, and she talked about how impactful that's been and kind of resetting her nervous system. And, you know, we've, and we've had previous guests. So like a Juad talked about like cold swimming. Annie Craybaum from Eyewitness Beauty, who was a past guest with Nick Axelrod, she also does cold showers. So I was I was in the shower, very hot, washing the conditioner out of my hair, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. So I set a timer on my watch for one minute, and I made it cold, and I just stood there. Ooh, and <clears throat> it was hard. I uh, recited mantras I learned in my yoga teacher training just to like get myself focused on something. I felt actually kind of refreshed after, to be honest. It felt kind of good. Wow. But, okay. And I don't think I went very cold. Like it was not ice cold. I would say yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. you know, okay. I, I'm trying to break it in here and I just did a minute, but I, I don't, I, I was intrigued. I, I, you know, I'll try anything. I'm already at like my max Wellbutrin dose. So mm. I don't know. So that did help. I thought that was kind of interesting. And the other thing is that I try to just, you know, lean into the things that I enjoy that make me feel good. Yeah. Tonight I'm going to watch Fire Island with a couple of friends. Ooh. Have you watched that yet? I haven't watched it yet. I feel like that's going to really be a pick-me-up. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I don't know. I talked to my therapist. Mm-hmm. Talked to my therapist about it. But those are my plans. Maybe talk to my psychiatrist. We'll see how how this pans out. I feel like you have like a better plan than I do. <laughs> well, thank you. How long have you been feeling this way? Mm. Like a month. Mm. That's a long time. Yeah. It's not great. But it's like really, I think it's really kind of like amped up in the last couple of weeks. Just for financial reasons, just the... Yeah, the 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 money anxiety is like really getting to me. 
So. Well, and it doesn't it doesn't help that uh, we are experiencing inflation, and that's terrifying. Yeah, I think like, that's also. I do think that's also part of it. Is like every time I fill up my car, it's like ninety dollars. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh, I you know, know. You know, I like know. bread has gotten more expensive. Like literally everything is more expensive, and it just like I don't know. I think seeing like that in in my face every day is it just when i'm already worried about money just like yeah makes me be like oh <laughs> yeah i totally get it you know i went to buy a big thing of strawberries the other day and it was 14 dollars, and i like threw what? it back yes it was a How- large strawberry container wow I was at a Whole Foods, so already oh, okay. we're talking about some high prices being high. Okay. But $14? No, that's crazy. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I I think you're not you're probably not the only one experiencing that the added stress of what is ha- happening right now. Yeah. <sighs> so how know. are we how are we caring for ourselves through this? Well, I mean, last night I did do a half hour restorative yoga. Ooh. And that what, was on, nice. a, on Peloton? On the Peloton app, yeah. My Good old see. pal Aditi. Oh, I love Aditi. Just the fact that you did it is so good. Mm. You know, like you you stepped up, you got on the mat, as they say. I got on the mat. Yeah, I did. I think it's also overlaid with like my fear that I'm like washed up creatively. Oh, let's get into this. Okay. That's fascinating. What, what is making you feel that way? Are you just kind of worried? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you know, like my book not coming out in paperback yeah. was like a blow and I don't know. It just, I've been trying to like work on this new book, but like everything is, I just, I like just, ugh. I think I'm so concerned about money that I like am focusing on other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I don't know. It's like, I think I'm just feeling like in a rut. It's and interesting. It's like, you and use the and term. it's like, and, and I think it's like my fear of like, well, maybe I'm just not like, I don't have anything interesting to say anymore. Maybe I never did, you know? That's pretty heavy. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, these I mean, you, are did, not, you did. No, ask. I don't, I don't mean that it's heavy for the show. I mean, these are heavy feelings to carry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's that is a that's a lot of. I don't know. That's a lot of weight on you. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, I am definitely here if you want support, kind of processing and talking through these things. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate that. And I think you know, obviously, I'm going to say to you, I don't think you're washed up, and I do think you no, have no, a lot no, to but say. That's- that's but it doesn't matter. I, yeah. yeah, yeah it doesn't matter what, you know what someone else says. I think I also like, it's interesting. I do feel like I can kind of, I can sometimes like chart my depression with 
almost on social media because I, I think I do the opposite of what some people do. Like I think when some people get depressed, they start posting a lot. Mm-hmm. I've seen and, that. And I stop posting. And because I just feel I'm like, I have nothing to post. I have nothing to say. There's nothing interesting. Who cares? It's very nihilistic. Mm. It is a little so, nihilistic. I think that's like, that's just kind of like where I'm at right now. Well, what a scintillating update. You and I are both depressed. Yeah. I know. That's I, the are, other thing. It's like talking about being depressed is so boring. I know. It's like talking about your dreams. Yes. And I think that's why I haven't brought it up because I'm just like, ugh. I like, know. Ugh, I no one it. wants to hear this shit. It's like, save it for your therapist, you know? Yeah. That, that's I me know. talking to myself. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. I get it. I get it. But it also can feel good to just speak it out loud. Speak my truth. You got to speak that truth, you know, or just, I think also, because once you say it, it hopefully, you may find other people are feeling the same way. And maybe that does help a little. I don't know. But it's really hard. It's hard right now. And it's just hard, period. Yeah, I think so. Well, I do think we have a really interesting conversation coming up for people to listen to. I agree. We spoke with Kim Kranz. She is an artist and there is a good chance you have seen her wild unknown tarot deck or wild unknown archetypes. She's made, she's made such beautiful mystical things. So Kim has her BFA in drawing from Cooper Union, an MFA in mixed media, and an MA in psychology and creativity. Wow. I mean, damn. She has studied yoga in depth as well as shamanism. And she teaches events and workshops that, quote, activate the forces of creativity and radical transformation through art, meditation, mysticism, and movement. Maybe I need one of her workshops. I mean, she's she's a very thoughtful person to to talk to. I yes. thought like she was really it was very interesting. Like she really think thought about every question and is clearly like the creative is also very spiritual for her. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be projecting, but that was kind of what I took away from our conversation. And her tarot decks, like, and her other decks are just beautiful also she has a very hypnotic voice she does like it was so soothing i think you and i both like relaxed our shoulders just like dropped down our backs as we Mm -hmm. talked to her all right well let's take a break and when we come back you will hear from kim I like to care for my skin, duh. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's also something that I do love to kind of like get into the research on. You do have a curious mind. Look, I have a curious mind. I can't help it. You do. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, has made that easy because they do their own fantastic research for their products. In fact, their products are scientifically validated 
to improve your skin's health while targeting the root cause of aging. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. And they've got several studies to back it up. They also have an amazing new sunscreen. Ooh, our favorite. Our fave. It's the OS1 Shield Protect and Repair SPF 30 Plus. It's got the peptide. It's a mineral sunscreen. It's got antioxidants. It comes in tinted and untinted. I mean, like, what can't this thing do? I'm just saying. I love it. It's so easy to use. And I love that it's just like, and it feels so nice going on. But don't take my word. Don't take my word for it. OneSkin has over 4,000 five-star reviews and was recently recognized by Fast Company as one of the most innovative brands of 2024. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code FOREVER at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code FOREVER. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support your show and tell them we sent you. I am the first to admit that gift giving is not easy for everyone. It's taken me a long time to become like a halfway decent gift giver. But what I have learned is that the best way to win the gift giving game is to gift memories. Ooh. And you know how you do that, Kate? I'm I'm ready. I'm listening. The Aura digital Mm -hmm. frame Mm -hmm. preloaded with decades of family photos. We have gifted this to many people. And when you gift this, your family will love looking back on childhood memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating the frame with new photos. So it's really the gift that keeps on giving. It's super easy to set up. It takes literally two minutes. You download the app. You set up the Wi-Fi. Boom. Boom. You're good to go. Yep. We have given this to my parents. We've given Mm -hmm. this to Matt's parents. Mm -hmm. Same, same. It's so easy because you can add photos from the app like anytime you want. And also like my brother has the app so he can add photos from his family. My sister has the app so she can add photos. My parents also have it. So they also add their own photos. That is one of the coolest parts I think of the Aura Frame is that everybody can contribute. Yes. I love that about uh, we have two aura frames in our house i have Ooh. one in my office and yeah and one in our family room and do my they kids have, love it do they have the same pictures on them no they have different pictures <gasps> Ooh, mm-hmm. oh that's interesting maybe i should get one from my office i'm looking at a picture of my in, children right now right interesting mm-hmm. hmm. putting that away for later store that Yes. Uh, the Aura app lets you share photos more securely than with email, which is what many other digital frames require. And also, then you're not taking up your email storage. So, win-win. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Forever 35 listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code FOREVER35 at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not 
what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos. And like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now, that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Imagine upgrading your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. Now, look, both Dory and I love our quince items. You might even call us quince heads. You might. I would say you should. In fact, if you don't address us as such, (laughs) we might get upset. In in all seriousness, I have a variety of clothing from quince, everything from a beautiful cashmere sweater to a very simple, easy white tee to this gorgeous pink summer dress. Mm. You can really like get your whole wardrobe with filled with quality pieces at really reasonable prices. You can get organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops. They even have timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, which I want. Just going to announce mm-hmm. that here. I'm coming for that okay. jewelry. You're putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle people and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which we love. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Um, well, Kim, welcome to Forever 35. We're 
both really glad you're here. I think Dory and I have both been fans of your work for a while. So this was very exciting to get to bring you into the the folds of the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So we like to start every episode with the same question for all our guests. Um, and what that is, is that we would love to know a current self-care practice that is meaningful for you in your life. And that can truly be anything. As per usual, I want to give you like three things <laughs> instead of one we can thing. Handle, we can handle three things. But by all means, give us all three. Well, I've been really into cold showers these days. <sighs> um, it sounds so simple. And, you know, pe- cold plunges are a big thing right now, but you need like a membership or a big tub and some ice and all that stuff. It's a bit of a production, but I've been finding that three minutes in a cold shower, it really clears my brain from any kind of fog. There's so much confusion right now and overwhelm. <clears throat> and I find it's a really great way to sort of dispel any tendencies towards feeling defeated or depressed or confused or foggy or lost. And it gets me back in my body really quickly. I don't need to go anywhere. <clears throat> it's affordable and accessible to all who have water. So I really love that practice. And you know what? It's amazing about it is it seems impossible. Like you stare at the cold water, like, no way. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> and then you do it and you're like, oh yeah, I can. And there's this amazing feeling that's almost equivalent to like 35, 40 minutes on the dance floor where you're suddenly like, oh yeah, this is me. I can just dance the whole night away. And I get that after just a couple of minutes with the cold, cold water. Oh, it sounds, it sounds almost like euphoric. It's super euphoric because, um, the blood is sent to the surface of the body. The body actually starts to warm itself after 90 seconds or so or two minutes. So you, you actually get warm and radiant. So you come out with like a glow. And you come out with strength and vigor. You're not cold and defeated and shivering. It's like this burst of energy. And it's really, um, it's a lot of bang for your buck. So just know that it will seem impossible every single time. <laughs> I, I do it every morning and every morning it feels, um, like it's not, not doable. I love the way that you, and, and, I haven't forgotten that you said you have three because I'm dying to know the other two. <laughs> but just with this practice, I love that the way that you connected it to kind of processing and moving through the world, which right now feels especially heavy. Um, I'm wondering how long have you been doing this on a daily basis? Is it something that you came to during this COVID pandemic or is it something that you've done for a decade? Well, it's a quite an old practice. I mean, I grew up in the forests of Michigan where there's a lot of Scandinavian folk and they have mm. saunas and in the winter and you go in the sauna and then you jump in the snowbank and you go back and forth. <clears throat> so I grew up like taking saunas with my grandma and my parents mm. and we would do some equivalent of that or jump in the lake or what have you. So in a sense, I've been doing it for a long time, but especially during COVID, I got really into it because it was so confusing. I mean, it's still confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it was a good way to be able to do an ice plunge with no production and without leaving the house. How did you get into it? 
it's practiced in Kundalini yoga. One of their mm. <clears throat> morning practices is to do um, dry brushing. You dry brush the body with a, a, a really simple brush. It gets the lymphatic system moving. And then you put some oil on your body and then you hop in the cold water. The whole thing takes about five and a half minutes. And it, I mean, just to talk superficially for a second in terms of like beauty and radiance, it's like a mega boon. The whole lymphatic system gets moving. The whole circulatory system gets moving. And I think most importantly, it does give me this feeling like anything is possible. Mm. You know, it, it kind of puts you in that position of, I can't do this. And then you, you do it. And you, you have a kind of victory, a small but mighty victory over the cold water. And it's pretty special. In addition to cold plunging, because you did mention that you had three that came to the top of your mind. Are there any other self self care practices that you feel called to share with us? Because this is very illuminating and we live for this stuff. <laughs> well, I like short and sweet and doable. Like you don't have to leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. important. Um, and it's interesting because all of these three things have to do with the temperature of the body. And that has so much to do with the elements and temperature, the power of these very elemental forces like, um, heat and water and air and fire and, you know, the, the, the five elements of our existence. So cold showers is utilizing one, one aspect of that. There's the water and it's, it happens to be like very, very cold. So that has an effect on the body. The, the second two things that I do also involve temperature and, um, breath of fire. I'll do like three minutes of breath of fire, which is the navel pumping, um, with equal inhale and exhale. Um, so the breath is through the nose and the, and the abdomen is pulsing. It's pretty well known. It's done in so many different types yeah. of traditions, but it, it's so powerful. And even just the name, thinking of it like uh, alchemically stoking the fire that's intelligent and within our navel center is, is very, very helpful. And and then I usually follow that with three minutes of either alternate nostril breath or uh, satali breath, which is rolling the tongue and breathing in through like the taco. Yeah, if you can't do it, you can breathe through your teeth. You can go. Yeah. And then you exhale through the nose and bringing the cooling, very uh, calming, soothing, healing exhale through the whole body. And so first we're activating the fire to get it more uh, conscious and more um, enlivened. And then bringing the cool air in, it, it, it takes the energy that we just stimulated and pushes it through the body in a way that's really uh, nourishing especially for this time. It's almost mm-hmm. summer solstice. The world feels like it's on fire and every angle. Mm. And so that cooling breath, the balancing and nurturing breath is really powerful. So those three things, you can do them in, it's like 11, 12 minutes total, all three. And it's very, it's very good uh, grouping. Kim, I'd love to talk about the wild unknown. Um, a friend first gave me the deck, I think it was 2013, um, when she came to visit me and I was just kind of immediately taken with it. Um, and started, I, 
I don't do this anymore, but I did start kind of drawing a card daily. And it just was like this very important practice for me at a very specific time in my life. So I'm very grateful to you um, for creating it. And I'd love to just kind of talk about the origin of it. I, I think I read that um, the Wild Unknown was a website that you had to kind of showcase your art and artwork initially when you had a band and um I think originally it was always a kind of moniker for my artwork. It wasn't associated with the band I was in at the time. Okay. Um, but I used it as a kind of self-publishing moniker. So at the time, it sounds like if it was 2013, you had one of the very, ver- very first decks that came out. So I created the deck and I-, I always feel like it's very important that people know this. I just printed it. I printed a thousand copies oh, wow. and and then I printed a thousand more and a thousand more and they, they kept selling through the website, which was called the wild unknown. And I printed, distributed and shipped it, you know, solo for, um, it was four years of doing that before a publisher wow. came on board and said, Oh, we think this might be popular. So <laughs> I, I just really, it's really important wow. to point out that like, you know, the big, whatever they are, the big conglomerates in any industry don't necessarily know or aren't ready to believe in the thing that isn't popular yet. Mm-hmm. And that can be really discouraging for people. If I would, I would have had to have waited if I was waiting for a publisher to put the deck out or believe in it, I would have had to have waited until there was some other new deck that came out that sort of paved the way. And it's just a moment I look back on and I'm very grateful. Someone lent me, um, I can't remember. It was like this nonprofit art, arts supporting company that lent me like $2,000 or something and to do the printing. And then I paid them back. And that was how the whole thing began. But what was the, what was kind of the impetus behind creating the deck in the first place? Oh, um, that's a whole other. <laughs> Sorry, I, I understood your question in terms of um, production. The impetus was it was a time in my life where I had a very open window. I had just kind of come out of uh, making art for galleries in the New York art world. And I thought that that was going to be my career. And the show that I had didn't do well at all. It was a really big gallery and I felt Mm. like my career was set for life Mm. and uh, the show didn't sell. And I had gone into debt making the show and I moved out of New York city. This was after about 13 years of living there. I I just couldn't figure out how to be an artist there anymore. I moved to Philly. I lived in a renovated church and I had this bizarre window of time in this new place, living in a church, not many friends in Philly. I was like, what am I going to make here? And I just thought, well, I've, I've always wanted to draw the tarot and this seems like the time to do it. And at that time I had just started a, a very dedicated yoga practice. And in that I was, I wasn't just stretching my body. I was trying to understand energetics and heat and fire and inspiration and um, mantra meditation. I kind of dove really deeply into that at the same time I started drawing the cards. And I think the two embedded into each other. And I, the deck has an energy that is not 
It's not just like me drawing it. it. There's something else was occurring at that time. And I think it's the point I was in my life and my openness to a new way of thinking and a new way of being. What a, um, just what a powerful thing to hear too, in terms of the creative practice and its connection to capitalism and money and how all these things are intertwined in that feeling of, I mean, I can't, I, it must've been, and I, I don't know, I don't want to project on you, but it must've been in, in such a moment to have put yourself into this show and not have it sell and then to have to almost recalibrate, but to, to, I don't know, that's just such a, I'm inspired by what you, by what, what you said and how you live through that moment of your life, because that, it can be so devastating as people when we have these ec- expectations tied to our creativity and then it isn't fulfilled in some way and then is fulfilled in a different way. Right. It's such a good point, Kate. I mean, looking back, I can speak about it quite eloquently, but just Mm. to be clear at that time, I was absolutely devastated. Yeah. I mean, wrecked. I could not make heads or tails out of anything in the world because my entire aim was to be a famous gallery artist in New York City. That's Mm. all I cared about. Was your tarot practice influential in kind of guiding you you through that time? And maybe we could also just for people who are coming to tarot via this podcast for the first time in their lives, could you kind of explain uh, what it is and also just how, what your decks are? That's like 50 questions in one, Kim, so (laughs) I can repeat myself. Um, So at the time, I was struggling to get into my tarot practice because I couldn't get excited about any of the imagery in a tarot deck. That Mm. was always the block. The obstacle for me in tarot was, I don't like how these cards look. These are such mystical ideas. They're so huge. They're so beautiful. And I would read and read about it, but I could never find a deck that I liked. So that's when the obstacle becomes the motivator or the inspiration Mm -hmm. for the thing, which happens a lot in art. People don't talk about it that much, but the block can be the the thing. Mm. And eventually I just said, well, I have to draw my own deck. And I didn't really intend for any of this to happen, but then I realized, oh, well, I'm going to like this deck. And I think some of my friends are going to like it too. And maybe they're friends. So that's when I started saying like, well, Let's see if I can get this printed somewhere and make a box for it. And I'll make a cover and let's see what happens. And, and the other part of your question was around what, what is the tarot? So yeah, it's, it's a fascinating question. It doesn't have a simple answer, but it's basically a set of 78 cards that have a certain structure. There's four suits which relate to the elements. And then there's, 22 major arcana cards. They're related to really huge sort of archetypal events in people's lives. You could say all the cards are related to archetypes and sort of run by archetypes. But the major arcana is, as they rightly named it, major. So <laughs> there's these big pivot pivoting points in life. There's the death card, the lover's card, you know, justice, the world, sun and the moon, the big whammies, so to speak. And so my interest 
is in the pairing of image and word. So mm. you, you pair the word justice with an image. And those two things, the image and the word, become greater than the sum of their parts. Mm. If you just were to hear the word justice, you get all these kind of loaded ideas. It's pretty heavy, actually. If you just see the image, you're like, I don't know. The, what is that of? You know, there's a scale or there's some, what am I looking at here? But you pair the two things together and suddenly the mind focuses and it gets, it's very, as they would call it, like psychoactive. You get, a door gets opened into memories, dreams, things you thought of, associations in your life. So the psyche gets activated in a very precise way. You could say it's a kind of like psychic acupuncture. The cards can act like that. Little needles that go into the psyche at these different points. And they run through the different meridians of one's life to just stay with the metaphor here. And, and when you get a couple of cards together in a reading, then it really starts to speak. And so kind of no matter what your background is or your belief systems are around, um, different practices like the tarot, one can be activated just through their imagination and through their memories and end up having a kind of conversation or experience that's new and beyond the ordinary. I like to think of tarot as a doorway between the ordinary and the extraordinary. And, and when we turn a card over, we say yes to the doorway that leads us from one reality to the next. Did you have, um, like, well, I guess, let me back up. What was your first tarot deck? And um, do you have a deck that you, besides your own, that you kind of see as um, one that has inspired you? Mm, wow. My first tarot deck was given to me. Uh, it was a classic Rider Waite deck given to me by a boyfriend. And... He gave it to me in the car and we were driving and I was looking at it and, uh, I was like, this is a bummer. I don't like these images. Mm. They don't feel right to me. And I put it in the pocket, you know, the pocket that's like below the elbow thing yeah. and your door yes. in the, oh, yes. the car. I yeah. put it there. I'll never forget that moment. That was years before I drew the deck, but. I just remember sliding the yellow cover, you know, the box with the bright yellow background of the, I know of, the exact one. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I was like, nope. <laughs> and really art is art and the tarot and all of these symbols and archetypes are so mysterious in that way. Cause I wouldn't remember that moment so precisely if there wasn't a certain energy there. The pushback. There's a, there was enough mm -hmm. of a pushback that, um, that I had to return to it, that I had to circle back as, as an artist. What's your new, what's your new deck? I want to hear more about that. I have, I, I have your, um, I hear animal deck as well as your tarot deck, actually. So I'm very excited about this new one, but I would love to hear about it and, and what the process was like creating it. The new deck is the f the fourth and the final of the Wild Unknown series. And wow. um, I feel like I should go back and just say, like, I don't want to diss too hard on the Rider Waite deck, you know? <laughs> That's and fair. It, there's, we, 
there's a certain energy in having that sort of punk response. There's something, there's a spark there. If I had been like less um, provoked by it, I might not have returned and felt like I have to remake this deck because this doesn't Mm. feel, this doesn't sit right with me. But now from a different place in my life, I can look back on that deck and see there is um, a a mastery of the image. I'm so glad that it exists. My God, it it paved the way. And, you know, I I just want to make sure that that's clear. But also in terms of my interest in infatuation with the effect that images have on us, there's no, I'm not surprised that I had such a um, strong response to that deck and sort of wanting it to be reinvented, wanting it not to be people, for example, um, people that didn't look like me and people that didn't look like people that I knew. And um, I found myself more shut out than I was invited in. So that's why I opened the deck up to be animals. I, I was like, I forget the people. I don't know what the people look like in the tarot. Let's just use the creatures so we can get more easily into the metaphors of the, of the deck, which then after seeing people's responses to the creatures in the wild and Ontario, that's what led me to then draw its sister, what I think of as its sister deck, the wild unknown um, animal spirit. And after that, the third deck is the wild unknown archetypes, which is kind of like the motor that r- runs and fuels both of those first decks. It's like they're built on archetypes. Um, the, the tarot especially. So then I went back to school and, um, studied Jungian psychology and archetypes and alchemy and, uh, started to more deeply understand what archetypes are. So then the third deck came in. And then the fourth deck, um, the alchemy deck is the one that sort of gets to the underlying forces of even the archetypes and goes back to the very essential elemental forces of the world. Um, such as the five elements and the planets and the metals and the metals of transformation and sort of secrets and the, the, the occult symbols around alchemy. So that's the new deck. It's a, it's a very, very humble attempt at trying to unpack the massive mystery that is alchemy. Okay, wait, I need to back up and just ask the most beginner question of what is alchemy in this context? And like, what, what does one learn drawing a card from that deck? (laughs) It's a great question. Um, Because when we hear alchemy, often we think of like, men in their, (laughs) in in the 17th, 18th century, Europe, uh, concocting a bunch of things with like beakers and fire and yes, stuff like that. Yes, that's exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that is it. So it's unfortunate because it makes it seem like it happened then. It's a past mm. tense thing. And now we have to learn about it in a scholarly way. But my perspective in making this project, the alchemy deck and um, studying alchemy in general is, is coming to the place of finding it as a perspective on being alive, Hmm. that we are part of a great ecosystem that's built on the five elements and we are part of a great cosmos. So drawing a card, you could draw, you know, the Neptune card, you could draw a card that's related to a a material of alchemy, like uh, salt 
or iron or fire or um, fog or um, what else is in there? So, so, so many. And it's a way to activate the metaphorical lens where we start to think about the physical world and the mystical world as overlapping rather than I'm just in my apartment. I'm just in my mundane apartment and the m- mystical stuff happens when I do mystical stuff with mystical people. Mm. But <laughs> to be able to start to sense that they're actually always intertwined and there's an invitation through this deck to see them as such. So that, that the water in the cold shower is, yes, it's just water that's below a certain degree of our usual shower. But it's so cold that it awakens something in me that is um, beyond just the physical. It's a sense of courage and enlivenment and curiosity Mm. about my life. And I kind of snap out of it. How does just cold water do that? And so the alchemy deck brings us way back to the materials. and, And in a way, we start to honor and study the basic materials of our life. And in that, we find that the, the mystical is everywhere. It's absolutely saturating the whole world. And we get bolstered by that. Also, life becomes much more like fantastical and m- mysterious. And also, we start to take our problems less personally. So there's these eight operations in alchemy and they're cyclical operations. Um, there's calcification, mortification, rotation. There's these big, they're like the trump cards or the major arcana in the, in the tarot. There's these themes. They kind of have like emotion or, 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 um, emotion to them. And when they're occurring in one's life, we can start to realize, oh, I don't have to take this personally. This is a matter of, rotation. This thing is repeating itself again and again and again. And that's, that's a universal pattern. It's not just me experiencing that. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. I like to care for my skin, duh. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's also something that I do love to kind of like get into the research on. You do have a curious mind. Look, I have a curious mind. I can't help it. You do. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, has made that easy because they do their own fantastic research for their products. In fact, their products are scientifically validated to improve your skin's health while targeting the root cause of aging. The secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. And they've got several studies to back it up. They also have an amazing new sunscreen. Ooh, our favorite. Our fave. It's the OS1 Shield Protect and Repair SPF 30 Plus. It's got the peptide. It's a mineral sunscreen. It's got antioxidants. It comes in tinted and untinted. I mean, like, what can't this thing do? I'm just saying. I love it. It's so easy to use. And I love that it's just like 
zoop, and it feels so nice going on. But don't take my nice. word. Don't take my word for it. OneSkin has over four thousand five star reviews and was recently recognized by Fast Company as one of the most innovative brands of 2024. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code FOREVER at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code FOREVER. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support your show and tell them we sent you. Kate, you know, I've been getting into like the spring cleaning vibe. Yeah, you have really been kind of doing a refresh, if you will. I've been trying, but I got to say, it's a lot more fun when you also get to do a little space refresh. Mm. So I'm talking like moving furniture around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get a new piece here or there, swap out the blankets. Like I'm I'm almost ready for my cotton blanket instead of my wool blanket. The seasons are changing and so is your home. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And with Jenny Kane's elevated home essentials, I can get exactly what I need to create the kind of place I frankly never want to leave. Jenny Kane Home is a California brand through and through, and their interior pieces are instant classics. From their candle scents, I don't have to tell you how much I love the musk candle. And Kate, of course, is partial to the Montecito candle. Always and forever. Yeah. To their iconic furniture and the coziest pillows, think clean, effortless, and totally refined. Jenny Kane Home is all about the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a space that never goes out of style and always feels fresh as spring. Find the perfect way to refresh your space at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code F35 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code F35. Okay, we're back. Say I am a beginner and I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, where the hell do I begin? (laughs) What is like the first step? I now I have this deck in my hands and like, and I'm assuming your, your decks come with like a lovely little guidebook and they feel very accessible to me as someone who has used them prior, wait for a while long before doing this interview with you. But what's like the first step for someone who's coming into this as a, as a newbie? Dora, did you have a follow up question? Yes, I have a corollary, which is I, thought that you weren't supposed to buy your own deck. I know. I'm also wondering this too. Is that a lab? Can, is that, can we buy, can we buy them? Can, yeah. So what is, them. what is that? It's okay. <laughs> I mean, there's all sorts of amazing like um, rules and regulations. And at the same time, it's, you, you can definitely buy your own deck and um, everything's going to be okay. I, I, I'm actually, okay, <laughs> I'm doing a workshop um, corresponding to the launch of the alchemy deck to, to activate the, the deck, this idea of like, you get the thing in the mail and you're sitting there like, what do I do with this thing? And we're going to do a practice that helps activate or bring to life the cards. And it's a very simple practice. It's one that's based on kind of reverence and um, gratitude for teachers. You could say there's so many alchemists in our life, you know, in the guidebook, I talk about like the baker and the, the um, hairdresser, the audit, the, the, um, person at the auto body shop, they're working actually with very physical elements in the world. And you could think of all of all of us as alchemists in our own way. 
if you think of the person who works in a hair salon, I mean, my God, they're working with temperature all the time. They're refining color, they're refining shape. You know, it's very beautiful once you start to take on this perspective of, of, of life as a kind of alchemy and as life as our laboratory, so to speak. But to go back to this question around what do you do and how do you access it? I think less is more is my favorite way to approach any of the decks. I really love, as um, was mentioned earlier, like a card a day and delving deep into the theme of the card because you could say each of these cards could be studied and worked with for a long, long time. You don't have to know, you know, in my opinion, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of run counter to a lot of like tarot culture, but I am interested in hearing from someone who pulled one card from the tarot and studied one card for five years rather than someone that, that knows all the Google searches, Google search galore and supposedly knows all 78 cards back and forward, you know, right off the bat, because there's a subtle sensitivity that can be developed in every single one of the of the themes. It's really studying different facets of life. And and all this sounds so heavy. You can also just pull a single card with your close friend when you're having snacks and have a fun conversation. And it's, that's all it needs to be. You can pull a card and make a drawing from it. You can pull a card and do journaling. You can pull a card and go for a walk and just contemplate the concept. I'm, I'm very interested in taking the cards and using them as each person sees fit in their life for that moment. What are some of the other kind of rituals that you've developed in this, in this space and as part of your kind of day-to-day practice? That's an interesting question. Um, do you mean using the cards or do you mean like making new decks or my creative practice? I guess I'm kind of curious about, I think one of the things that came up, I think in the initial email we received was about kind of mystical practices in terms of mm. how they factor into, you know, using them in our own, in our own lives. And I, I'm curious if that's something that you do, if that resonates with you. And, and if so, what, what are they? Oh gosh. I'm like, how long <laughs> like, are they not? I'm yeah. like the list, the list is potentially very, very long. I can kind of go for it. I feel like that's my, um, skill set is, is getting into different ways of using like a mystical approach, even to drawing. So I grew up as a very trained drawer. I, I went to art school, left home at 14 and worked with my teacher for three hours a day drawing in, wow. it was a very dedicated practice. And now I approach drawing very differently where I'll draw, you know, blindfolded or with my eyes closed or in the dark with one candle or what have you to see kind of what is the image that wants to come forward. So I'm always trying to push that line between the physical and the mystical, no matter what, what I'm doing. Um, and that, that's really what interests me most in, creatively. And then in terms of, practices right now in, in relation to the cards. I've been thinking a lot about how when we come to a tarot reading, often it's like, I want an answer. Give me mm. the answer. Yeah. And and I, I mean, I have that too. It's like, I need to know. <laughs> and lately, 
before I pull a card, I've been doing this practice, this meditation called uh, puja meditation, P-U-J-A. It means an offering. And you put your hands in an offering shape and you hold the elbows extended outward and the eyes are almost closed and you hold that position and there's a chant that goes along with it. Um, but I, it, it, it's an 11 minute hold. I don't necessarily do Oof. it for that long. I'll do it. I'll do it half the time, five minutes until I start to feel that I, until I start to feel first energy in my hands, because I'm going to draw a card with my hands. So you want to have a certain kind of like energy in your hands. Just for listeners, you certainly do not have to do this before you pull <laughs> a card, but it's really interesting to do it. If, if anyone has been using the cards for years, even if you do it for one minute, the elbows are straight. That's the real kicker of the whole thing. Elbows yeah. are straight. And it's this gesture of the palms are both receiving. It's a gesture of receiving and it's a gesture of offering. So you can get into the headspace of, um, I'm bringing my worry, my impatience and my confusion, my frustration, my need to know. I'm bringing that to the table and I'm offering it to the greater wisdoms that be. And in return, uh, I'm, I'm offering or I'm, I'm, I'm asking to re receive some information and some guidance. So I really love that <clears throat> as a way of walking into a reading. And then when I pick up the deck that's in my, and then in my hands, my hands are prepared because they've just made the shape of an offering and it's a whole different feeling. I didn't think I'd be talking about this today. This is like kind of a new, <laughs> a newer phase for me that I'm experimenting with. That's cool. But I find it's really powerful and, um, it shuts out that it doesn't shut out. It, it bypasses that grabby feeling of the hands with the tarot cards. Like, what am I going to mm. get this card, that card? And it better be a good one. All this stuff sort of neutralizes the mind and brings us back into a place of reverence which is very very crucial for any mystical practice uh to have a deeper effect is reverence can we talk a little bit about wellness culture because i do think i i think you've talked a bit about its impact on your life just as a as a person outside of your work or I'm sure it's all intertwined, but I'm curious how you navigate being a participant in the world of wellness, because there are so many things that are so incredibly positive about the space. And then there are so many things that are incredibly negative and, and harmful. Um, I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, cultural appropriation and whitewashing. And so I'm wondering how you, how do you navigate this world, this world of wellness that's being kind of monetized and turned into this whole industry. And, and this is something Dory and I talk about too, as a podcast that is centered on self-care. Uh, it can be kind of, it can be kind of confusing. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on how you navigate it. It's such a great question and it is mega confusing. It's a question I take very seriously thinking about when our, uh, practices, spaces, creativity, 
when are these things pulling me away from the quote unquote reality of life, the complexity of life? When am I avoiding and escaping the, the, the pain? Um, why does it always have to end up with a product? Mm. Um, these are questions I'm running through my mind all the time. Uh, I do not have any answers, but I know that it's important for me to sit with the discomfort of the questions. And meanwhile, this is really important, not give up on the things that I do, the practices that give me enough energy to face the day and be myself. We cannot give up on the practices that empower us. Even if the teachers and institutions and lineages are conflicted and confusing, all of that is confusing. But the presence of prana and energy in the body that strengthens us to be ourselves in this world that desperately needs us, that is not confusing. It's clear nourishment and it brings us to a place where we can be more compassionate, more active, more clear with our intentions, better friends, better moms, like all the things. And so it's been really important for me to not confuse those two things. Regardless of how I feel about the wellness industry, all the lineages of yogas and gurus. Mm. I mean, I've lived in an ashram. I've been devastated by the news from that ashram. At the same time, I have to hold the reality that when I do the practices that teacher to student, teacher to student have been taught and passed down to me, I feel very much alive and very strong, more confident. And that's how I have to show up. So holding the tension between the negativity and the confusion and also knowing what I need to do each day so I can show up as best I can, knowing I'm going to make mistake after mistake after mistake. And the practices will also bring me to a place where I can apologize and I can move forward and learn. So I think it's an energy game. I, I think we all need more energy now. Otherwise, it's too much. I get very serious with this kind of thing. No, <laughs> I love it's I'm very like important. Entra- I'm entranced listening to yeah. you. Yeah, it's like, it's like you have a hypnotic um, yeah. voice and just like way of speaking. I'm swept up in everything you're saying. But I, I also want to say to go back to this idea of products. Products are so weird. I, I feel so bizarre that I sell products. You know. And my friend, we do know, we feel the same way. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) My friend and I were talking this morning about how, how hilarious it is that the tarot is a product. There are these cards. You buy the product. There's 78 cards. Each one of the 78 cards that you physically hold is doing its very best as a card might to represent the thing that it is trying to represent. But the Mm. thing it's trying to represent is so huge. Like the lover's card, it's just this little card, this little flimsy card. And it's doing its very best, no matter how hard I draw it or how magical it looks. The thing that fuels the lover's card is like mesmerizing and, and so beyond a product and so beyond, you know, a, a name even. 
So in a sense, the product is the most mundane aspect of all these things we're talking about. It's, it's the, the physical and the tangible, but we're talking about the, the big, the big forces that animate the cards. Oh, Kim, it's been so wonderful to get to talk to you. This has just felt really, I don't want to say comforting, but just it's been a very nourishing conversation, I think is the word that I'm looking for. Great. And you're inspiring me to get back to Tara. I know, Dory, same. Yeah. To get back to what? To Tara. Oh, great. I can't wait to have you get the alchemy deck. It's, it will be less confusing than I explained it. I think I went like <laughs> deep into the esoteric uh, side of it, but no, it sounds absolutely beautiful. And, you know, I just think your work has so much meaning for so many people. It's, it's impossible to quantify, I think, the impact it has. When Sorry, is Dory, the, well, when is the alchemy deck out? The alchemy deck is out July 5th this summer. And then I'm doing that workshop on July 10th for people that pre-order the deck. So it'll be a fun one. It's it's kind of an homage to my first drawing teacher who Mm. taught me how to draw and she taught me about alchemy. So, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, Well, this will be out before that. So people will have time to pre-order and sign up for your workshop if they want to. Great. Um, Kim, where can people find you and... Um, buy your books, order, buy your tarot, order everything, um, etc. You can find me at kimkranz.com and thewildunknown.com. And I also have InstaFeed as Kim Kranz. And The Wild Unknown has a feed too. So any of those spaces, you'll find plenty of information and news. Amazing. Mm. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Thanks so much. Well, like I said, I was really inspired by all her kind of morning rich self-care rituals. Yes. Oh, she was she was so great. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed getting to talk to Kim. Now, do I want to buy her new deck? Yes. The alchemy cards? Yeah, yes. it sounds so cool. I know. And I do seriously recommend I've I've used her animal deck and mm, she's just great. Okay. Well, moving on, Dory, your intention last week was to quote, move your bod. Yes. So I actually wrote about this a bit in the Forever 35 newsletter that I had been trying to do this 30 minutes a day for all of June thing. Mm -hmm. And there had already been a couple of days where it just for various reasons, it just like didn't happen. And I wrote about how I think in the past I would have been like, well, fuck that up. Like Mm. what's the point of continuing at all? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now I'm like, you know what? Perfection is not the goal here. I like this. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to aim for 30 minutes ooh, a day. Ooh. Aim. And if it doesn't happen, what a powerful I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be kind to myself. But I'm going to keep going. I'm not abandoning ship. Dory, this is really beautiful. Forgive me for being a little cheese ball, but it is. No. What kind of cheese ball? Like one of those Ugh. like 
Oh my God. Ones that come covered in nuts. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the kind that my mom used to buy when I was a kid that came in like a blue jar. I think they're planters. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And they're they're perfectly round and they're the color of um, Cheetos. Yes. And they're so... Mm Yeah, planters, cheese balls. Well, now I need these. I need some planters, cheese balls immediately. They, they kind of melt in your mouth. Okay, yeah. well, that's the kind of cheese ball that I am. Okay, I'm a planters right. cheese got ball. It. Got it, got it. I think this is lovely. Well, thank you. And I also think like you just are doing what you can and taking it yeah. day to day by day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, this week, my intention is to watch some TV. I'm so behind in TV. I'm behind in TV, but I'm also like, and I'm like wondering if this is sort of related to my depression that like, I almost like even (laughs) sounds so weird, but even just like the act of watching TV, I'm like, it's too overwhelming. That doesn't sound weird at all. When you get depressed, do you get decision paralysis? I mean, I feel like that's how I spend a lot of my life. Because of just my brain. I think I just start feeling like, oh, God, there's just too much to choose from. Like, I just can't. Yeah. I'll just lay here instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, And yeah, so, but there's like, there's such good stuff on TV. And I I just want to like, watch some good TV. So that's my intention this week. Just watch TV. Do you have have a show that you're going to start with? Well, I, I need to finish Somebody Somewhere. Oh my god! I got weep. through. I think I'm like six episodes in, so I don't, I only have a few more. Um, but that is a show that I would like to watch. And then I have weirdly been craving going back to. <laughs> Did you ever watch Last Tango in Halifax? No, but it was recommended to us by so many listeners. So it's this British drama, um, about two families that kind of come together when they're uh, like the grandmother of one and the grandfather of the other get married. Um, They had known each other as kids and then they kind of like reunite and then it goes, it becomes like a family saga and it's like so soapy. Um, Like some of the plot, some of the subplots are just like so ridiculous that you're like, really? Come on. Um, you know, when you like get into a show, like I, I've probably watched like four seasons of it. Um, and you start to like miss the people. Like I kind of like miss them. Like I'm like, what are they up to? <laughs> what are my old pals in Halifax up to? Do I get like this? Yes. All the time. Also with reading books, I get like this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I might just like, it's, it's kind of comforting. Although I think the reason I stopped watching it was because I had hit this sort of like depressing Hmm. point where I, no spoilers, but like there was like some death and I was just like, Oh, this is getting too heavy. What happened to my like fun, soapy (laughs) intergenerational family drama? (laughs) Um, so, Oh, Oh, and someone else recently said that they had rewatched six feet under. I've never seen it. Oh my God, Kate. I know. <gasps> so I did watch it, you know, when it came. I actually didn't watch the first three seasons in real time. I watched four, five, and six in real time, and then I went back. But anyway, 
point being, this person was like, you know, it really hits different at like 44. This person was 44. It really hits different at 44 than it did at 28. And I was like, huh. And they were like, it's a like, it holds up. It's a great rewatch. And I was like, maybe I'll rewatch Six Feet Under. Ooh. Okay. That so sounds, that is I also, love a rewatch. That is also kind of on my mind. There was also one season that I didn't watch the whole season of, I think season three. So like there will be some episodes that I've never seen. I say go for it. I think I might. That seems very like the right spot. Okay. Oh, there were five seasons. Why did I think there were six seasons? Um Okay, they're only five seasons. That's that, that that doesn't seem like too crazy. You can knock that out real fast. I can knock Trust that out. Trust me. Fast. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um anyway, Kate. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you? Did you okay, lose your last... mind on a deadline? Okay. I mean, yes, and I'm still on it. I'm gonna be on it for a while. Buckle up everybody. I did maintain one boundary and I was actually very proud of myself. Oh. I did not work at night for the most part. Mm. Um, working at night is something I have done. It exhausts me, but it also stimulates my brain so much that then I have a hard time falling asleep, going to sleep, and then I stay up till like one or two in the morning, and then I'm tired the next day, and then I feel even worse working. So instead, like, you know, I put my kids into bed, and then I went and started my own personal bedtime routine. And have been asleep, you know, by 11 for the most part every night. And I've never been able to set that kind of boundary for myself. So that felt really good because That's the temptation great. to always be working is very strong. Don't I know it? You know, that there's, I think what you're speaking about, and I think this happens whether you work from home or you work for somebody else, it's like sending emails in the middle of the night. Like we're so conditioned to constantly be working. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was a big deal for me. And this week, I wrote that I just want to move. I, I kind of like haven't really moved my body much this week, which I wanted to do. I also am trying to decide if I need to stop reading my alien books. Oh, I'm almost at the end of I think I have like probably six more that I could do and that I've read every book in this universe. We're talking like upwards of 30 to 40 books I've read now. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. Okay. I think I saw someone had a picture of all the books. It's a lot. It's, it's, I think maybe it's total 40, but I don't know. I've read a lot of them and I'm like, I should start reading something else, but there's also this part of me that doesn't want to. I just want to keep reading about these aliens. So it's kind of that same thing where I'm like, I would love to, I would love to read all these wonderful books that I have sitting on my bedside table, but these freaking aliens are just like my own, my comfort. Like my only comfort is getting back into this universe where I'm now with alien pirates is where I'm at now, but eventually this is going to come to an end. So either I like finish it out or I take a break. Okay. Where are you leaning? Well, I already started the new one, so I'm okay. <laughs> I have okay. one more to finish. All and then right. I'm pretty sure the author is on her website like doing one as a serial. Oh my god, yes, it's on her website. Oh my god. Okay. I I really just love these aliens. I just 
I don't know what else to do. So anyway, eventually I will read a different book that does not take place in this universe. Okay. All right. Well, this was a weird one. We are in weird spaces, don't you think? We are in weird spaces. Yes. yes. But that's okay. That's okay. I mean, sometimes things get weird. Don't we know it? Mm -hmm. Well, Dory Forever 35 is hosted and produced by you, Dory Shafrir, and me, Kate Spencer. And it's produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partner is Acast. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye.